Welcome back to potentially the greatest podcast on the planet. We've got Mitch here today with us. We've got Kirby, Kirby Heck, the man, the myth, <laughs> and Byron, Byron Bay. I'm glad you actually threw me in there. You know, I am the co-host of this podcast. I should have probably gone here. You should have probably come to me first. That, that'll be it for you. Prospecting to prospected. I actually thought Byron was the main guy. I, <laughs> I am the main guy. Don't yeah, ever forget that he spoke last, really. That's right. So, we are here with another episode, surprisingly. And as you can tell, it is a very busy, very different episode this week. Because we have two very important people with us. And... Uh, Already making mistakes, Kirby. Oh, Thank you Kirby. very much. You'll um, learn. You'll learn. That's what I'm best at. I mean, For the audience, he dropped his sunglasses. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fucking heinous, really. Oh, Kirby, get out. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> no, so we will uh, still stick to our regular format, though, mm. because it's important that we have structure in our lives. And uh, Liam, I know we like to start off with a recap, and I always throw to you first. Mm. So how was your week, champion? Good, good, bud. <laughs> Sorry, I called you champion. I'm sorry. That's a real no-no. That's the worst. Yeah. Um, how'd it go? Wow. I didn't really think it. Again. Shit, you're first. Uh, I had a good week. <laughs> I'll take over. So, I uh, actually booked quite a few appraisals this week and we got through a few doors, which was really nice. So, from a productivity standpoint, I really can't complain, except the rain was absolute garbage again. Mm. That really annoyed me because I didn't actually get to go outside as much as I wanted to. But uh, Elliot and I, we are on a bit of a roll and tearing it up. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. And from an energy side of things, I actually, for the first time, came across a few struggles this week, as you may well recall. (laughs) I was not feeling on Friday, definitely. And Tuesday had a few things pop up in my mind that I went... Oh, shit, I better deal with you that. You know I like it when you're like... I know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the first thing you said. Well, because I whinge all the time, but when you're whinging, you never really whinge back. You're a bit too positive for me, so when you're when you're vulnerable, I'm in there. I'm just, <laughs> how bad is this, Byron? You definitely did I just attack you. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> Working that lead bitch. He's good at it. So he should, make, down. he should make a really good agent. But, no, I, I will say that uh, having... I'm glad I'm in a position where I can deal with these things. And um, I actually have my mindset sort of straight that I was able to work through them. Friday, I kind of wish I had more energy in the morning, but it did turn around by the afternoon. So I ended up with a fantastic weekend. So I'm going to give it a six for energy this week. Oh, Not great. great. Yeah. But still better than a pass. So, but now you really have to think of something to say. Okay, so it was a bit of a slower week, actually. Um, I only booked a couple of appraisals, but both are selling. Yeah, right. So... <laughs> I don't know how that makes you feel, Byron. Just but, rub um, it in. You only got the two, but yeah, both were selling. I went hammer and tong um, on what, Tuesday afternoon. Mm. What, so, one day of the week you went hammer and tong? No, nah, well, <laughs> well, I got good news from Maurice about my co-agent uh, role. Mm. And uh, I got to have a look at the offer and it got me excited. So that afternoon I went hammer and tong. Yes. Then relaxed for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did my job. I secured a position. It no, it was... I noticed the election was having um, a toll on everyone, so yeah. I kind of just hung back a little bit and um, took it day by day. But productivity, six or seven? Really? For two listings? Mm. Oh, I suppose, yeah, ten then. Mm. Yeah, didn't you say in week two it's a ten? Um, but no, six or seven, okay. Yep. Energy? Yeah, we'll go eight now then. 
Uh, energy, where are we sitting? Let's go at, let's go on eight. Let's go on eight, I reckon. I'm pretty excited. We're going to go back to one of them next week and uh, see what their time frame is, but I don't think it'll be as long. Mr. Consistency again. 7-7 mm. seven, seven last week, 8-8 eight, eight this mm. week. He's We're going up. up. Oh, We're going up in the world. And I'm going down. Mm. So what's happening here? I like it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but... All right, that's our recap, uh, and we tried to make it nice and quick because, mm. as Liam already spoiled, and I've already said once, because he's good away at giving the punchline, good at giving the punchline away if I can speak English. Uh, our very special guest. It it would be great to hear from you guys as well now. Oh, okay. Uh, so actually, Mitch, I'll start with yourself. You, All right. You give a bit of an introduction. Who are you? Well, I'm Mitch. I am a manager of complaints uh, for a very large insurance company mm. who will remain unnamed. No, that's a good idea in this podcast. Very good idea. Uh, you want a recap of my week? Actually, it was a full send 10 out of 10, lads. I got here for uh, Magic Round last Ooh, weekend. Right. Uh, Panthers fan, so it was excellent watching the boys absolutely smash a storm. Uh, of course... Didn't get rained in either with the floods. Nope, managed to get home just fine. So cheerio on that. Um, really, the job's a shit show at the moment. But that's all good. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody's unhappy and they've got a lot of reasons to be unhappy at the moment. Let's, let's be real. Uh, so we've got a fuck ton of complaints. It's, it's in backlog. I'm talking 500 like oh now. Um, in backlog, people just waiting for someone to know that they've got a complaint. That's not the ones that we're actually dealing with. So everyone's very unhappy. I'm getting the fuck out of there. Um, I've uh, received a lovely offer through the week to go into a risk advisor role. Um, so, yep, thanks, boys. I'll take that. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of there. It actually so productivity-wise, yeah. Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 okay. out of 10. And emotionally and energetically, how are you feeling? Oh, boy, how can I not be fucking happy? <laughs> you sound pretty energetic right about now. Yeah, yeah right about now. I'd say an 11, really. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the reason why we want to get people on here is because in our job, all we do is talk about real estate, right? <laughs> the fact that it's nice to hear someone else in a different part of an industry go, I have a whole shit ton of stuff that makes me sad at times. But then to still have a good week, that's actually really cool. Mm. You know, you, you just keep on coming, you know, mm-hmm. like, because um, it's going to keep on coming at you. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you do for a living. Like, it's just going to keep on getting thrown at you. You know what you do? You take that shit and you throw it right the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> that's this what is, you got to do. This is why he's on like this podcast. This. I yeah. like this. So you listen to that, everybody. If you're out there, you can straight away, you're six and a half minutes in. You just got all the wisdom you need from this week. And that's it. <laughs> there you go. And that's it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the podcast <laughs> over. for driving up, brother. Yeah, that's all right. We drove an hour and a half and talked. Some kids out of prospect, but oh, that's all right. I'm just now, now we'll, now we'll throw to Kirby because he's feeling he left out. Introduction. Okay, hold on. All right, you go. Corumban, Corumban Waters. Throw a drive. You'll get to throw a drive. You'll know. You'll know all about. You're it. To give you that address. Attraction agent, Kirby, Kirby Head. Who are you, Kirby? Uh, well, first of all, I'm Kirby. Uh, oh, <laughs> just in case he didn't know that yet. Um. I'm an agent down on the Southern Gold Coast. Just an agent, he says. Just. Yeah, just, only just. Um, I've been doing it for about six years now. Um, so I graduated from school, got straight into real estate. Uh, and then six years later, I'm here. Mm. So. On the greatest podcast on earth. <laughs> yeah, there sure. There is no better podcast, <laughs> is it? Nah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be my number one on Spotify this year. Number I feel one like you've only on listened Spotify. to a couple though, because we talked about you in the last one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't listen to that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
This is the only way we will. That's not number one. That'll be why. Yep. Yeah. But your week, young man, in um, uh, in retrospect, how was it? So um, I had a I had a like really good productive week as it goes. I had four appraisals this week mm-hmm. that I prospected and booked myself. Um. And then I had two settlements. So two properties that I was selling. So two properties I was selling settled on the same day at the same time. And then, yeah, the appraisals throughout the week. One of them is very, very strong Mm. and will be going on Monday. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Nice. We're pretty much calling me Kirby Wait Till Monday Heck Because it seems like <laughs> every, Kirby What the Heck Monday uh, That could do as well But every single thing We're doing at the moment For some reason We end up meeting All these people On Thursday and Friday And they go Yeah we'll let you know Monday And I'm like Well I'm going to enjoy My weekend then aren't I I'll Just sit around and Wait for that all week Every new listing I think you've gotten Has been on a Friday Oh afternoon. yeah And I go How'd you go Kirby So I'm up. We'll know Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, we never know on Monday. <laughs> That's got to do something to you emotionally. Uh, How's your energy, Kev? My energy's up there. It's I'm, always up there. Uh, yeah, I operate at an eight at best. So having the two settlements and the appraisals and the potential listing, I'm about a 10. Okay. So I usually... Jeez, we got some energy in mm, this room. 11, like, 10, 8, 6. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't drink coffee because if I do, my head explode. You look so, like you've had 10 cups though. Yeah, I know. I only had jittery. And so I'm just excited to be here. So, oh. yeah. Well, we're honoured to have you both here. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this actually, as I said, is a bit of a special one in terms of having so many uh, people on there. So we hope you can actually understand every single word we say. And if not, you can leave us some feedback and give us a review. And you can send it to the complaints manager <laughs> and he'll get it no, through he, us. He's no longer in complaints. At <laughs> <laughs> Prospect, you know, Prospect. still there until the 13th of June. So. Okay. Yeah, we got time. Well, yeah. we now have a new complaints advisor as well. <laughs> and who? <laughs> and yes, our lovely recording studio. It's a crash. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell the people. Well, look, it, it's not not a crash. It's <laughs> what it is. Um, that's for sure. Look, I, honestly, I feel like I'm going to end up on a list from Sydney. <laughs> well, if you oh, are, we all are. On one. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> and in light of having two very special guests, uh, we won't actually pick a particular topic to talk about this week because mm. we want to, like we always do, keep it very raw and real. And as a result, I'm going to be throwing some questions out thick and fast. Ooh. And boys, in return, don't be afraid to ask the tough questions of the greatest uh, people on the planet, mm-hmm. i.e. Liam and myself. Not just real estate. No, no just in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. have you seen these biceps? I'm hung. <laughs> <laughs> hung? <laughs> what? Does he know he what a biceps is? <laughs> he doesn't hang out in our office much, does he? I don't he? know how much we can say it, but... Um... Ooh... It's something to do with length. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, first question. All right, Kirby, I'm going to start with yourself, young man, because being the most senior real estate agent in the uh, office here, uh, what got you into real estate? Oh, well, <laughs> Liam loves this story, don't you? Uh, yeah. Well, make sure the people at home love it too. Come on, I want to hear it. Um, well, I did a profile video a little while ago. I was kind of like introducing myself. And the thing that I started it out with is that when I was young, me and my mum used to go into open homes all the time. And like, we love sticky beaking, just random open homes. Um, Liam loves that fact. He'll just randomly come to me and be like, oh, me and my mum went looking at a home the other day. I'm like, fuck off. All right, so, so that's where the love of the home started. And then in about year 11, 
I decided to go down, like, I went down the tree of what I'm going to do with my life and then I figured that I didn't want an office job. I like talking to people. I like being out and about. And it all kind of really lined up well to the real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so graduated in November 2015, had December off, was job hunting in January and then had my first real estate job as a prospector in February 2016. How long? Your prospect? Three years, Ooh. three four years, and we were complaining about like mm. ten months. That's what Liam goes. Uh-huh. I said you have no idea. Yeah, but you what got I've to watch bloody, through. bloody the soccer. With. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I was on yeah less pay than what you guys were. You know what I'm paid? I was doing it longer. <laughs> well, I know what Liam is, and it was definitely less than that. But <laughs> no, um, and then from there, kind of just. But I really liked those three years. I was just having fun. I was meeting clients. And now I'm getting listings now that come from when I was originally a prospector. So when I first met them, they weren't ready to sell then. But I said, oh, do you want to keep in contact over the years? And I've just kept in contact with them over the years. By the time they're ready to sell, they then ring me. Okay. And it's not a matter of, oh, he's only 25. It's, oh, we've been talking to him for six years. Mm. So Mm. suddenly they forget the age and they look at my experience. Yeah, so that's where thrill come along. Okay, but so so that's the answer, right? But what what's the real answer? I knew thrill would drop. Well, no, no, we're getting to the story. The infamous story. Hold on, but we're not, we're not what's the real answer? Right? What? No, no, we are. We are. What do you mean the real answer? What's the real answer for real estate? Why do you, why have you stayed then? Because you've been here six years. Yeah, honestly, um, it sounds like that cliche thing of like, oh. You know, he does it for the people. But honestly, for the first three years, I was doing it for the people and I really liked it. And like settlement days and like I really liked open homes and I really liked the freedom that I had where like I wasn't tied to an office constantly. I could turn Mm. up at 10 o'clock some days. And then I really started enjoying that part where like socializing and talking with people. Like I'm a people person, like on the way walking to the studio here, I started talking to some random old lady in the shopping center. And Liam goes to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to people. He's prospecting. Like, I'm prospecting an hour and a half away from where I live. I was going to say, uh, but... I also like the fact you called this the studio. Yeah, well, I kind I of feel like that touch. Oh, yeah. sorry, it's a kid's uh, <laughs> studio. Um, we'll keep but, then, but then by the time I got to the point of really enjoying it and started getting a lot of settlements, <laughs> that's when I then become my own agent. So mm. then I was doing the things that I really liked but then I started getting, like, the things that I was already doing and the things that I loved, then the money started rolling in and I went, I like this even more because rather than, you know, settlement day is the best day. You've got the, you got the owner moving in. They're all excited. They're all cheery. They're all happy. Oh, yes, yes, oh, we're so excited. And then this guy goes, I've got my money. I'm stoked. But then I get my money. So, like, it's a... Win-win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win-win. So okay. that's kind of why I stayed in it for so long because, I, yeah, I just love people. So that's, people. So. that's real estate for you, hey? Pretty much, yeah. Well, don't don't get too comfortable because um, oh. we'll be coming back to you in a second. But Sit aside the chair I'm sitting on, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Excuse but, yeah. me, this studio is well <laughs> Now, Mitch, 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 Mitch. So, not real estate, but insurance. What? Why? How? Because it can get worse, boys. Let me tell you, uh, that's that's why uh, it can get much worse. If you think, oh. He just took a photo. (laughs) He's really happy to be here. I love it. It's so good. No, come on. Yeah, no. It's kind of like I'm George Lucas. Seriously, I kind of just went through a windfall, uh, boy, seven years ago, I'd say. 
Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Uh, the thing I thought I wanted to do was completely fucked to hell. Um, I, I decided I wanted to be a police officer. I was um, going through that whole process. I thought it would be the sickest thing ever to go and join CERT, which is the Australian version of SWAT. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was going through that process, I just took a, um, a little side gig working at the insurance company, just on claims on the phones. And I don't know, by the time um, I got accepted into the force, I was getting paid double at the insurance company <laughs> what I would have got to be shot at as a cop. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you do? You keep on working at the insurance company. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, as I said before, I just keep on coming. Um, everything keeps on throwing at me and I just keep on throwing back. And, you know, when you've got gains, you throw pretty fucking hard, boys. <laughs> i tell you what, uh, one thing leads to another. And yeah, here I am. I'm in a managerial position, um, you know, on a decent salary. Am I selling out? 100%. <laughs> am I happy? Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, I am. I shouldn't be, but I am. So, yeah. That's... I respect that. Yeah. I like your honesty. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Okay. Money's money. Well, I mean, we'd all be lying if we said we didn't actually enjoy having money in our accounts, right? You know the people that say they don't do it for the money? Okay. Put them on a 50 grand salary for the rest of their career. It's no matter how many properties they sell. Yeah, see how they go. Um, Everyone's in it for a little bit of the money, I reckon. No, well, you know, the the ones that are legitimately meaning it when they say they're not in it for the money, they're on a boat down in the Antarctic throwing smelly butter at the Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, they've really got no money. Um, And you know what? Do do I agree with them? Not necessarily. But hey, you know, they're they're not in it for the money. They're doing what they fucking believe in. Bless them. Uh, Well, I mean, now we know how we all got here. Um, the, uh, the next logical question from a, a real estate side of things, Kirby, is you're an agent, right? From now, what the I big, last checked. Yeah, the big coveted role that we're, we're chasing at this point in time. Mm. Uh, some advice for young prospectors or old prospectors. or Yeah. Um, best advice I can give, and it's what I sort of say to Liam every now and again, is I say enjoy your time in the role because when you're currently not the prospector anymore... So, so when you're the prospector, you find the leads and you bring them to the agent and then the agent practically lists the property and then you go from there. When it gets to the point where you've got to find them yourself and then list them yourself, if you don't list them, you don't get paid. <laughs> it's a really blunt but simple way of putting it. So I say to people, like I really enjoyed my time as the prospector because it was not like relaxing, but it was like I didn't have the stress of having to list and make the sales. I just enjoyed getting out there, meeting people, going, you're selling? Yeah, come along, let's meet with this guy. And then then, and then the boss would get the listing and then it was all happy sailing and stuff like that. So that's my advice is build up your contact and database as much as you can. Mm. As I said, when I was back at the start, there's people that I met six years ago that I'm listing for now. And so build up your contacts, build up your database but then enjoy the time and not having the stress of it all. Cause there was a stint at the start of the year where um, I, got, I, got to, I got my commission and then I listed one, but then it had a 90 day settlement and I got zero pay for about three months. Wasn't it longer? Cause it was like November to like April or something? <laughs> Yeah, it was no. like five months. Well, if you want to be specific about it, it was from the twelfth of December to the twenty second of April. Oh, but who's keeping to his mind? But yeah. who's keeping count there? <laughs> so I would, yeah. So 
So what you're telling no me... no pay for that whole time. What you're telling me mm. is that uh, after prospecting, it just gets harder. <laughs> Did you just scare everybody away from a, a job in real estate? <laughs> There's going to be a lot no. of prospectors out there now. <laughs> uh, look, um, it's more of get yourself ready and use the opportunities that you've currently got mm. to get yourself ready for when you're in the role. Because if I went straight from... If I went straight from, hey, you're now a real estate agent to start selling, I wouldn't have made it the six years. The reason why three years <laughs> later, I'm a, I'm a I don't know, half, quarter successful agent. <laughs> <laughs> quarter successful uh, agent. No, no, I don't know. Half quarter. Half qu- oh, all right, so one eighth. <laughs> no, but like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listing and selling quite a few properties now, but I wouldn't have got to that point if I didn't have that training or that preparation yep. beforehand. You know, when you go around with your agent, you listen to them talking and you get to learn things from them and you get to learn people. And then, as I said, you meet this guy, you nurture him. He goes, oh, I'm not really ready to sell for two years. Fantastic. That'll be my sale when I'm ready to go rather than passing it off to your principal and only getting, I don't know, a tiny little slither of it. You can go, I'm going to save you for two years and get a full-blown commission paycheck from you. Okay. So, I've got a two-part question. Mm. Not two part, kind of two. If you could do it again, <laughs> so two part. Would you two do questions. it for the three years again? Now this is where it's two part. Mm. But if you were to start now, would you do three years of prospecting? Because you were pretty young. Yeah, I was when you started. Yeah. So, so let's say if it just clean slate, I started same age today. Mm-hmm. Would I do it for three years again? Mm. Um, probably not three years because I was only young I kind of you know I was living at home Mm. like I didn't really have much bills or anything so I was enjoying the life that I had Mm. but as now being 25 and having my own mortgage um, I probably have my own mortgage (laughs) (laughs) sorry Sorry, Liam you're right I'm part of this club (laughs) I wouldn't have liked to have done that long being as a prospector. So I probably would have tried for a year and a half, but in saying that, I would have worked 10 times harder because, you know, because it was just relaxed. I was playing it cool. I was Mm. getting contacts as they came in. Um, So if I were to start again, I would go into a prospecting role. There is no way in hell I would start straight as an agent without the contacts in an area. Mm. As simple as that, and I've said that to people, there's a lot of... I've seen firsthand, I have personally seen come and go from one company, 13 real estate agents in four years, come and go. because they That is hectic turnover. Because they come in, they go, oh, this is the job, just sell property. They come in and go, all right, which one do you want me to sell today? And you go, well, you've got to go out and find your own. What? How do I do that? And then I have to show them how to phone call and door knock. They do it for a couple of weeks, they go... This is the worst. Because this, this is the key stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Because exactly. they're on commission only. Like so they're not so they don't have time for error. They have to go door knock, find the people selling right now, and if they don't, then they don't get paid. Well it's a minimum of a month from when you find them too. So it's yeah. be three to not three thirty days to ninety days of getting paid. And like, you know And that's if they say yes. That's if. Yeah, and then like one of the ones that I went to Sorry, quick little interlude. You were about to say. Yes, so um, I so I was prospecting this person. I met them in February and they said to me, oh, look, we are selling. We are selling this week. We are ready to go. Four months later, they still <laughs> haven't gone on the market. Right. I remember 
So I went and saw them on Thursday. They said, we'll let you know on Monday. The, that was the worst weekend of my entire Biggest life. Biggest listing you would have had, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a big sale. And I'm sitting there going, huh? And all the boys are going on no caller ID and ringing me and, and like going, hello, my name's Jamie from this calling property. Calling the office. And like calling the office and go, can we speak to Kirby? And oh, it was the worst week of my life. And then I'd ring them like a week later and go, hey, how'd you go? Oh, look, we haven't actually chatted about it yet. And I spent the whole weekend freaking out, thinking you've gone and listed with someone else, panicking, barely sleep, anxiety ridden. And then they're like, oh, we hadn't even thought about it yet. So I got to the point where I just went, no, nah, when they're ready, they're ready. And yep. it's been three months later and I still haven't heard. From and that's, that's still probably a lesson. Either. Well, no, but there's a, there's a good lesson for all of us in that, right? can't control how quickly or slowly mm. anybody does anything. No, so no. overthinking it and stressing about when it's actually going to happen, Liam, mm. doesn't help any of us. Someone doesn't made help us sleep. Someone made a good point to me the other day about that. Is he said, okay, you're freaking out and worrying about one. And if that one comes or lists, your life is put on that. He said, why not have 10 to 20 of them and you mm. won't be worrying about it as much? Because you know that in that time, one or two of them could come on and say yes. And then a couple of weeks later, another one or two could come on. And then you're not suddenly not worrying about the ones who have said maybe. Because if you've done a good enough job, they will ring you when they're ready. Okay. So yeah, I like that. That's, well, I mean, thank you for the insight. Um, and good question, I guess. Because uh, yeah, honestly, well round of applause for you. Good yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> actually contributed to a podcast. I never chat. usually ask the no, questions. But uh, I mean, again, we'll flip the table. Uh, Mitch, being in a managerial role, Right, you must see quite a few people come into your business, and then uh, you're responsible for their well-being and training. What advice do you give people who are starting up, especially in something like claims? Actually, first of all, give us a quick wrap on what claims really boils down to. What are the things that people see? Because uh, I imagine it's kind of hairy. Claims, oh boy. Well, more or less, um, what you imagine when you think of claims are the, um, you know, the the catastrophes, the the floods, the bushfires, all those sorts of things. The worst and day of people's the, lives. The worst, <laughs> literal worst days of people's lives. And that's probably the, the crux of, you know, if you are working within a claims position, mm. um, that's what you're there for. Uh, sure, it, it is nice to have a paying job and everything, but if you're there and you're staying and you're um, you know, contributing to that company and its purpose, that's what you're doing is you're actually showing up on the worst possible day of a person's mm. life. And um, mm. you're, you're, you're hearing them and um, you're doing what you can. Um, but the, the unfortunate uh, position that you're in, in in that case is what you can do isn't going to be everything that that person needs. It's everything that your company has sold to them. So it's a, it's a really, um, it is a fulfilling thing, don't get me wrong. The reason why any person has insurance for any of their most valuable assets is on the worst day of your life when everything just goes wrong and it's gone. Um, it, it is going to come back and it's going to, you know, financially take care of it for you. You know, you're going to have your house replaced if it needs to be replaced, fixed if it can be fixed. You're going to have your car replaced or fixed if, it, if that needs to happen. But it's not going to be able to do everything that you, you could possibly need or, or want um, in that moment. And that's really, I think, what people don't understand or expect until they get into that situation. Mm. Um, but really, that's, yeah, that's what I would give as... Well, um, 
the reason I ask, right, is because oftentimes we get bogged down in our day-to-day duties of talking to people on the phone or... And we're trying to understand if they're buying or selling a property at this point, right? Sure. Whether it's at the door or on the phone. And that can take its toll. But hearing that you guys are dealing with people in those crucial moments, mm. I mean, what, what, is that, what kind of toll does that take on people's mental? Do you go home some days like... Oh. <laughs> some days. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, bear in mind, so for me, um, as I exist today, I'm not, you know, managing those people. I'm managing the people managing them mm, okay. when they're unhappy. <laughs> so, fluctuations of people's energy. No, he's probably well. getting the worst of the worst. Yeah. 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 No one's going so, in the complaints department to go, I really liked your service today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, of course, um, it takes its toll on uh, a staff member. Whenever, just imagine going throughout your day, boys, uh, and every single person that you talk to is unhappy. Oh, oh holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> if okay. only I could imagine that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, but like legitimately un- unhappy, um, and it's yeah. not, and it's not just um, your customers or your clients mm. that are unhappy and screaming down the phone at you. Mm. It's also your colleagues that are getting the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Because you're working in a team of people that are dealing with the exact same shit. You know, they're not exactly in the best mood either, mm. your, your colleagues. Um, and, you know, the nicest person you've got to deal with is your manager, and that's me. And, yeah, no, you're not having a good time, okay? <laughs> like, um, because at the end of the day, what you're responsible for when you are managing people is um, you are not just dealing with their productivity, and it's easy to fall into that trap going, okay, you're productive, you're not productive, we're done here. Yeah. Um, no, you are dealing with their overall engagement. I guess. And, you know, we were talking with our recaps about energy. Um, energy is important. You can have a hella productive, um, you know, week, month, quarter, whatever. Um, if you are just gone, <laughs> um, energy-wise, it's not going to be viable. You're almost and, better stay uh, home, hey? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, burnout's <laughs> a thing. Um, burnout is 100% a thing. Mm. It is an inevitability in that sort of workspace. Um, you, you're not not going to find burnout. Uh, you do need to take time off legitimately. Um, you know, for me, the best way that I manage my people is I don't let them go more than six months without taking at least two weeks, you know? Um, and you know, everyone for the most part stays, um, stays pretty fresh, uh, generally as happy as you could be. What I would say is, um, in a complaints role, especially mm. for an insurance company, uh, it's not something that you should do for more than two years. Uh, eventually, it does, you Takes know. A toll. <laughs> well, you become an incredibly jaded person. <laughs> mm. um, it's impossible not to, and I don't think that that's good for you. Uh, I think you sh- you definitely should move on to something that does make you happy. And um, I can't imagine it's good for those around you either. How do you keep morale high then? If you're being the manager, yeah. like you've got to obviously like, if if no one's happy in there, then no one's doing their job, no one's helping out well. How do you, on a daily basis, keep that morale and energy high? Mm. Yeah, Good question. Yeah, look at me going. <laughs> Tell you what, it's hella mind. easy if you're in the office in the city, boys. You know, the pandemic made it hard, but um, you know, Friday night drinks. First round's on me. Let's go. Pizza parties. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy, pizza drink. parties. <laughs> you know, pizza parties are the biggest con I've ever witnessed in oh. the corporate world. Oh, yeah. oh I'm you gonna... want to pay us? I'll have a pizza party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. About that. No, ultimately, um, the important thing for morale 
in such a position, yeah, you can do all you can in terms of, you know, trying to throw things at your staff to, to make them happy. Mm. It gets more difficult in a virtual environment. And yeah, I have a few that I have to engage with that way. Ultimately, the best that you can do is maintain transparency. Mm. Um, you, whether something is good or whether it's bad, uh, your staff aren't idiots. And it's very easy when you're in such a position to treat them like one or mm. just tell them what you think they need to hear mm. and, you know, leave the other stuff out. Um, the best thing that you can do, I think, to keep everybody on the same page as you and keep them on board and engaged, whether it's a fucked situation or, you know, a great one, is just let them, let them in on everything. Well, uh, be, be clear with them. I want to draw the parallel between that and um, real estate and being an agent, right? So it's talking about transparency and there probably mm. are people out there who treat their clients like idiots, right? Oh, mm. yeah. Um, and they go, just, oh, they won't find out. Yeah. They find out. Yeah, and not they always do. That, yeah. And that's right. So uh, it, it's actually really good to hear from a manager perspective that sort of stuff because we manage relationships. It might not be as um, closely as what you do with a team that you're working with on a regular basis. But, I mean, these people we deal with um, it's almost more important to actually have a good connection. Otherwise, they'd go and sign with Joe Blow down the road. Mm. Well, it, it 100% is more important, and it's probably a more delicate um, engagement you have. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I want to keep my staff on board, yep. but also, you know, they're getting a paycheck from me. Correct. Uh, <laughs> for you boys, um, it's kind of the they're other way around, us. isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you've got to keep um, your clients engaged so that you can get a paycheck from them. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a much more delicate okay. uh, situation, I so think. So advice to newcomers either into that sort of high-pressure space with claims, um, like in terms of how they should manage themselves and keep their energy high on a personal level, and then perhaps someone who comes into your role with complaint management. Do you have any like golden words of wisdom? Is there a Mitch way? It's a trap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, there's, there's no, um, you know, smoking gun, um, you know, magic uh, that I've managed to conjure from a wand. Um, it, it really is just all about being resilient. Um, it's not for everybody. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, not anybody should just go and work in a claims role and not anybody should just go and deal with complaints. It's, it's kind of like, you know, not everybody is um, okay with just dealing with problems generally. Mm. You know, mm. people will struggle enough with their own um, and as soon as, you know, even someone like a family member or a friend comes to them with a problem, they shut off, they don't want to hear about it. And you know what? That's okay. That's, that's more than okay. And it's the same in an employment aspect. You shouldn't go into a role that you actually don't want or you, you can't handle because it's just, it's, it's toxic. Um, and not everybody should or is actually built to deal with a, a, an actual toxic workload. Because mm. that's what it is. That's what dealing with complaints day in, day out is. This is, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, um, it's working fact, really well. Yeah, the fact <laughs> that you're here is really, really important because this perspective really does apply to our role. But that's yeah. the same as... Pro it's not for everyone. No, it's, and no. you've got to have resiliency Yeah, and you've got to be able to deal with the workload. Mm -hmm. And I don't think everybody that signs up for this, like you're talking about 13 agents through an office in, in a year. Four or five four, years. Like, yeah. <sighs> I mean, it, it really is critical that if you're coming into this space, you actually... Mm. 
have a deep look at yourself about whether you can handle it. God, I'm glad you're here. I never even looked into that when I started, though, but I barely knew. Elliot made it sound way different. <laughs> That's because he's a real estate he's agent. He's told it to me. And now that we're hiring for a prospect or reslot, we need to get Elliot in. <laughs> he goes, what do I tell him to knock on doors? <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Just make him listen to all 10 episodes of the podcast yeah. by the time they're all out. And if you're still in, then... Uh... Actually, my prospector will have to listen yeah, to Oh, yeah. Oh, no, mine will. will. I'm, I'm hopefully looking end of the year. Hold on, you don't even listen to it yourself. No, yeah, you don't listen to it first, motherfucker. Let me pull out my Spotify <laughs> and you'll see that I've listened to it. I don't want to hear excuses. <laughs> Get it done. The, uh, obviously, the crux of our job, though, is dealing with people on a day-to-day basis. All right? mm-hmm. And in, in our respective industries, whether that be uh, handling complaints, perhaps, or... You know, trying to find. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope you uh, do a bit more business than him. What are you knocking complaints. on my door for? <laughs> Actually, very good point. What do you want? <laughs> Please go away. Why are you calling me? Where did you get this number? Holy crap, they're all coming to the front now, aren't they? Mm. But um, when you are dealing with people, Kirby, mm. uh, what tips do you have, like, in terms of engagement, engaging in conversations mm. um, or trying to build that rapport with people? Are we talking as far as... Oh, okay, building rapport. So, like, meeting someone and being and trying to be all the in agent. All stages of your business. Okay, so... so initially like, and then throughout. Okay, and then trying to be the forefront of their mind for yep. if they decide to sell. Okay. So, um, I work really well at the sort of long-term stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and from long-term does come referrals. But the only reason I've been really good at long-term is because I've seen the results of what a long-term... Fucking hell. <laughs> he said so long-term. <laughs> long-term. <laughs> well, all right then. I'll use a different word. Everlasting agent. I don't know. But, um, so... Uh, I'm trying not to say that word again. You, you can say it. I'll let you say it. What was the question? You get two more. <laughs> How do you build rapport at the start? How do you build rapport? Okay. So... It's a little bit tougher at the moment around now because there is an oversaturation of agents. Mm. But as far Thank as... Thank you. But as far as... Like, there is a Part lot of... of problems. So, no, okay. Really funny. Little story there. So, my main area is Crumbin and Crumbin Waters and a little bit in Eleanora. I do very, very little in Palm Beach. <laughs> okay. Yet, my office is based in Palm Beach, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go door knocking out in Palm Beach one day. And I was like, Liam's always telling me it's oversaturated. How bad Here could it be? Go. How bad could it be? Knocked on this door. Guy's gone, ha, welcome number five. I was like, what? And he goes, you're an agent, right? I went, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you're number five this week. It was like Wednesday. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you, Kirby. No, Validation, thank you. finally. No, but then the way that I handled that is, and I know that Liam does it well, like whenever they go, oh, agent, Liam goes, ha, so you've been hit a lot recently, haven't you? And they go, yeah, you're the fourth one this week. And I went, maybe it was just that house. I knocked one whole street, every <laughs> single person answered and not ripped into me, but was pretty much like, I've had an agent out already. I went, oh, so would you like a second opinion? Mate, you'll be the fourth. And I'm like, oh. And that's oh. not even the best part of Palmy. That's, oh, that, that is was, brutal. It that's was a, rough, eh? Hey? That's probably not, it's just not the most popular area of Palm yeah. Beach. And that was... And especially mm. Southern Gold Coast in a nutshell. So like Corumbans had 73 listings in the last 12 months. To be the number one agent in that suburb, you have to have 14 sales. Right. And even so, getting them 14. No, but the thing is, is you'll go through like Rate My Agent and it'll be... 14, 10, 6, 3, 2, 2, 2, and then eight pages of one. One sale in the suburbs. Mm, so, so one sale as a lead agent. And there's just do, 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 do. There's like four or five pages of them. Anyway, besides the point. Um, yeah, building rapport. Building rapport. It's going to be easier now as far as interest rates going up. We're going to see a lot of agents drop off. 
solely... What makes you say that, though? Because this keeps coming up on social media. Okay, so mm. the reason why is because back at the market when was when it was at its absolute peak and screaming along, you could put a signboard out the front of the property and a stand saying, submit your offers here, and it would sell. People walk in, drop their offers in the ballot box, it would sell. You didn't need any kind of human communication a monkey could literally sell the properties. It was so easy to do. Now, because, well, back then, you were getting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten offers on a property. And yep. it was like, well, this is easy. I'll just tell the owner, we've got one hundred grand over what they wanted. And then they'll say, yes, and it's sold. Then look at me, pump my chest on the best agent in the area. Now, with interest rates going up, there's less buyers around at the moment. You're having to have the tough conversations with people. So there's agents that have been in real estate for the last year or two, and they're standing at the open home and they're going, we only had two people through. And then, they, and then the owner turns up and they don't know what to say. Oh, we didn't have... Like, there are people that don't know how to have the hard conversations with people. Like, you know, as far as the property's not selling, it's overpriced. They don't know how to negotiate because they haven't had to. If the buyer's at 800 and the seller wants 900, they don't know how to close the gap because the seller wanted 900, they got an offer of 950. So they've never had to know how to okay. close that Slight gap. pivot on the question then. Yeah. So instead of rapport, because you, you've seen different speeds in the market now, right? Yeah. Which is something Liam and I really haven't. Yeah. How do we start to prepare for those type of conversations? Like we, we yeah. work under the two best operators probably that are out there. Yeah. But how do we start to prepare that for ourselves aside from just listening? Um, one thing that I always get told from, um, from Reese is the person with the most boards wins because the more you do it, the more you'll learn. Mm -hmm. And it, as I was saying to Liam on the way here, it's not one of those conversations you can just read it off a piece of paper and it flows. Um, it's a hard question to answer because there isn't an answer for it. You've just got to follow people, follow agents around who are established and know what they're doing to learn the patterns and the things to say. Another big part of it as well is building the trust with the client. Mm -hmm. So that's where the rapport comes in. So yep. if they trust you, they will listen to what you advise them. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to go back to rapport? Uh, I mean, it's up to you because <laughs> yeah. ultimately, like I know there's going to be people out there who actually want to stay in this job that yeah. really do enjoy it and are looking to push into that next phase of their career, mm. haven't seen a different market, yeah. are constantly getting told by social media influences that, oh, they're all going to be gone in less than 12 months. My, yeah. my thing is, is how are you, like, like, how are people dropping out from that thing? Just I that don't understand, thing. because yeah. like the job actually gets a little bit hard and everyone leaves. Oh, yeah, no one likes to do a hard day's work, Liam. What are you well, talking about? Apparently well, in real estate, they don't. Apparently if it's handed to you on a silver platter, you'll do it. But it, <laughs> it sounds like that as soon as it gets a little bit tough, everyone just drops off. And I'm I don't understand that because like every other job has its ups and downs. And this is the fucking best job on the planet. Mm. If it gets a little bit tough and you're going to walk away Apart from, from it. Apart from claims management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like if, if it gets tough and you're going to walk away from it because you can't tell somebody their property's overpriced, like why the fuck did you get into it anyway? But like, the reason why they're walking away from it is because they're on commission only and they're not getting paid. Mm. And they go, you know, I've got a friend at the moment who is in real estate. He's been doing it for about six months and he's only got one sale. And he goes, I've made 
twelve grand in six months. Mm. I left a hundred and twenty thousand dollar year job to do this, and I'm getting nothing from it. I'm just going to go back to that. I think you and me are different with our opinions because we're on the salary, but we're also real fucking hungry, and we can oh. see. But from don't the, forget, I took our, a big who, cut from my previous one to this. But who we're working with is we know that if we can stick with them, we can do it. Oh no, I'm going. We're to going agree. to, be, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah. we can set. But maybe somebody like. A younger, less guided... Yeah, less... a guy that's kind of just jumped straight into it on commission only. I can understand why... And that's, where it, and that's where it comes back to the people that weren't prospectors beforehand mm-hmm. because they don't know how to build rapport and stuff. Yeah. It's these ones that went, oh, shit. market's good at the moment. Yeah. M- market's good at the moment. I'll be a real estate agent because my uncle's selling. Yeah, mm. sell the uncle's house. How good am I? I made 100000 grand over that property price and then they go around and they don't know how to get more leads... I they understand this a bit more now. Get, like they get flukes like you know they sell one up the road for 120 grand how many times have we now Liam you go I sold this one street record every single person loved me I door knocked the entire street I've letterboxed the street I've done this and then all of a sudden the neighbour two up comes on the yeah. market with some random guy you've never heard of before yeah. it's flukes like that where they're like oh my uncle knows it and okay. that kind of stuff so what you're saying is prospecting is literally the most important job on yeah. the planet. Yeah, people <laughs> don't know how to do it, so people See, don't know how to do it. Last week I was like real against it and saying not everyone's going to drop off, but seeing it from your point of view, I've never really asked the question before. Yeah, I've yeah. just heard why they'll drop off, but that yeah. does make sense. Yeah, like, I'm kind of becoming if, a convert. But if you've come in with one <laughs> listing two years ago, whenever it started kicking off, and you've just fucking smashed it and you've gotten a few listings, like there's a few that we watch now that we yeah. kind of know that have absolutely nothing now, and I do understand. And they're just sitting by the phone going, well, one of the neighbours will ring me. Uh, but there's 400 week. other fucking agents running that street. You're not going to get that. You need to be yeah. out there as well. Yeah, so that's where, again, the building the rapport with people and building the trust. Like I've got one at the moment. I spoke to him about a year and a half ago mm. and every couple months, so so every three months I, I release a market report in a way. Just briefly, it breaks down the three areas. So it's like, you know, you, you can't compare canals to hillside properties. So you can't compare ones on water to townhouses in the back alleys of mm. side. Break it down into three. I send that out four times a year, then I ring them all with a phone call afterwards. When I went out building rapport and door knocking, I had a copy of the report and I said, I send this out every three months. I'm not going to hound you about selling or anything. Would you like me to send you one? Yes, fantastic. Great. I'll send it to your email. Can I grab your mobile number just to make sure you got it as well? Give me my trade secrets. Yeah. But, mm. but then on, but it's basic shit that people should know. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's just a, a way to touch base. It's over 12 months. It's eight points of contact. Which is actually the number on average you need to yes. be able to close. And up. the thing is, is that, and then on top of that, you ring them to let them know a neighbor just sold for a price and this and this. I had a dude, so. You got a listing around them. That's another Hold one. on, I'm yeah. just going to say, oh, I'm actually impressed, Liam. You did bring a genuine candidate on this He podcast. is a good dude, <laughs> isn't he? Added some value to Aside podcast. from all the Star Wars and all the weird shit he gets up to on the weekend, nah, he is you know, a pretty good agent. I always say to people, lean, like, you know, when you skidding on ice steer into it mm. use that that's you don't pretend to be someone else yeah. mm. I love Star Wars I don't hide it because I love it and it makes me me and people love me for me and that's my so favourite thing about take working... that dickhead that's... <laughs> <laughs> but that's my favourite thing about working with you and Reese is like a lot of people are just agents they're not personal personal yeah. people you're on the phone talking about the weirdest shit yeah. Reese is the most honest person and I've kind of taken that off both of you guys and yeah. now you're the weirdest shit Reese on the is phone. so honest he'll say we had two people come through 
Like you know, he's not yeah. lying and fluffing around. Yeah, he'll he'll but you say have to. he'll say, oh look, we missed one down the end of the street to another agent, one of your neighbours. Like no, he's, oh, no, but, but you need to be because it makes you a fucking human. No, but think about you know, if Reese says to that person, trying to fluff it up and sound better. Oh yeah, we had five people through. They had none. They get home. The neighbour goes, oh that was a slow open home. What do you mean? The agent said we had five. No, you had one. Then or they're ringing you going, why are you lying to me? There's five in one group. Or for yeah. five yeah. weeks, you're saying, for it's five weeks, you're like, oh, I've had five come through every week. There's 25 people, no offers and no interest. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. You're going to get caught out in the long run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people park down the end of the road too. You can't lie. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, so building that rapport thing. Year and a half later, I had COVID. I'm sitting at home. Didn't do any prospecting that week. Got a... What a loser. And, <laughs> and I got a text from him. Hey, Kirby, ring me on Friday. I'm ready to sell. Rang him on Friday. He said, I'll let you know Monday. Is that so. And no. there was oh. Monday. Monday <laughs> There's Kevin. the Monday. But like, that's the point I'm getting at is that if you make those contacts, and the thing is, is when I'd ring these people, people don't like real estate agents because they push real estate down their throat. Mm-hmm. If you ring them and have a chat with them, and like, I'm really good at remembering these people, so I'll ring them and I'll say, mate, just how's things? Oh, this, 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 my dog did this, I'm gonna do this renovations, fantastic. When I ring him back in a couple months time, Hey, it's Kirby from Bell Property. How are you? Good. Oh, how's all the renos going? Great, great, great. Chat, chat, chat. All right, well, if you need real estate, let me know. Yeah, we'll do. Hang up. What have I been so, saying, Liam? Mm. Hey? What have I been saying? Because mm. if you ring them and go, are you selling? And no, no, we're not. And then trying to have a conversation with them is a little bit harder. Because there you, off. You know, if mm. you're being a friend with them, and by the time, like, I've got a guy I ring about Star Wars. <laughs> I do. Why does that not surprise me? I it's ring him and dumb. I go, I like... I'll ring him. I say, mate, what do you think of episode nine? He said, well, shit. I said, I agree with you. It was a terrible movie. Mm. It wasn't George and, Lucas, was it? <laughs> no, because he sold them by that point. But we won't get on that. Um, but yeah, it's just building that relationship <laughs> with people and being forefront of their mind. So it's supplying them with relevant information. And but you're being, an eighty-year-old dude in a twenty-five-year-old. But he can you fuck you yeah. He can have a conversation to anybody about anything. Yeah, that's because he's been doing it for six years. Mm. Yeah, also, that's a good point. Get good at general trivia. <laughs> know, a, know a little bit about a lot. Mm. So then, okay. say for example, like um, one of my favourite artists is like Johnny Cash. And, and I know that if I go into a 60-year-old dude's house, you're going to like Johnny Cash. So you can then try and relate to him in a way. Mm. And you look around the house. This is very Johnny Cash-like. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, no, but like if you look around the house and you see a heap of CDs there and you look at the guy I'm talking about, guy that just sold recently with you and Reese, or the big CD oh, collection. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the CD and I went, oh no, you like music, don't you? He said, yeah. I said, oh, do you like Johnny Cash? Johnny Cash, my favourite. Bang. Done. Oh, common ground. You Mr. know, find the common ground. Yeah. Is this and that's where the rapport building comes in as well. The greatest attraction agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never had a that. deep conversation with Kirby, but you are very switched All up. me and Liam do is give each other shit. <laughs> <laughs> On the whole drive here, we're just so, ripping in. That's so, a real estate office. So, fun little tidbit. Liam hates styrofoam, so I found some styrofoam Whoa. today. Like, he's afraid of it and you can't touch I it. I hate the sound, the feeling, everything. <laughs> so, when I got in his we're car... We're getting styrofoam next <laughs> podcast. No, no, no. I put a bit on his seat and when he got in the car, he went to pick it up and move it and he went... Ugh, and he's there trying to flick it and move it and I'm there just pissing myself. Alright, if you're out there, so. send us lots of styrofoam memes. <laughs> Please, oh, God. but in our line of work, though, it's not always sunshines and rainbows, <laughs> butterflies. Well, not the last two, three, five weeks. Well, actually, in the whole well, let's not talk about the weather. I'm still sore on that one. But what? I had a look, four more days of rain, then it looks like sunshine. Hey, so hey. back to door knocking, boys. The, the optimist. <laughs> yep. But, Mitch, 
You, like we have sort of discussed, uh, the harder side of conversations. Now, that's a different kettle of fish and actually is a really good segue from what Kirby was talking about with uh, hard conversations, right? So, give us... give us. Well, uh, you'd have some tricky ones, oh, eh? Probably the hardest ones. So, I mean, what can we learn from you? What? Because uh, this, this really interests me. Well, it's... Um... It, it is a thing, right? Like, as Kirby was saying before, you talk about finding the common ground. Mm-hmm. You have situations, though, where there is no common <laughs> ground. Um, it's something that we experience in our, um, in, in our field, and I can go into countless situations. Mm. When you're talking about real estate, though, um, I guess the, the thing is, um, common ground is something that you can find at a particular point in time. It might not necessarily be now. Mm. And um, I think... Uh, you just do need to understand when um, someone's not there for it. As mm. much as 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 much as you need to be um, looking for when someone is there, you need to understand when someone's not. Um, because if you keep on sending when someone's not, you're going to break that um, that bridge or that chain um, that could lead down to where you find that common ground later. Okay. And you know, you guys have talked talked about it a little bit previously where you know you maintain those relationships over a period of years yeah um you know you, you might have had someone that you're talking about you know back in 2018 um that just didn't want to know you but because you you know i like that a lot you don't have to yeah. get along with them straight away exactly yeah. exactly um, think about some of the best friends that you've building. ever made um you know you you didn't necessarily like each other to begin with you, you might have hated each other's guts mm. but um i don't know for whatever reason you, you dealt with each other um, you, you end up becoming best buds. Mm. Uh, it, it can happen. And it's the same with um, clientele. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in the insurance world, we have no choice but to press on. Yeah, that's what I was um, going to ask. Yeah, and that's, you, that's you have exactly points right. where you've got to get a point across or you've got to do something. You've got to do something. So this, I've been this is in, what people shy away from. Exactly. I've been in a room with somebody sitting across me um, and I've got to talk to them because they've been out of their home for two years mm. um, oh. while we've tried to fix it. Uh, and in the meantime, their parent who had been living with them had passed away Ooh. in that tenure. So <laughs> difficult conversation, not one that you want to have. They don't want to talk to you either, but you need to talk to each other. Otherwise, you know, we're all in court. Nothing gets resolved. <laughs> Nothing gets resolved. Everyone gets hurt more. Um, and I'll tell you what, it costs everybody a lot of money. Okay. So how do you <laughs> so, prepare for it? And then how do you do it? How, like, what's the actual... Do you, like, are you a rip the band-aid kind of guy or you just go Chip facts away. and figures or, yeah, what, what does it look like? Yeah, it, it is very much a, you want to rip that band-aid off before you get in the room. Mm. So, you know, in, in that kind of scenario there, um, they already knew everything that had gone wrong. All of the cards were already on the table. I'd given them to them. I'd said, here's everything we fucked up on. This is why it happened. This is how it happened. Yeah, it was our mistake. And what that does, it it sounds as though it's disarming you in a negotiation, but what it's actually doing is it's giving the other person the time to process. And so they, they, they rip yeah. your head off at the table. They already have ripped it off mentally. By the time yeah. they got there, yeah, exactly. They they have processed it. The point the the, the point that they're actually coming and sitting down with you means that they are wanting a resolution. 
you know, they're not wanting to tear your head off and give you a piece of their mind because they've already had that chance to do that. So mm. they, they do come in, they, you know, there's no, um, you know, huge, uh, you know, plot points that are being revealed in a meeting like that. Um, it is, okay, we know we did wrong. Uh, what are we doing to resolve it? Yeah, so you're Here's what we can it. do. Yeah. And you, you do need to, when you are frank with someone, mm. you need to be frank about, um, I suppose, everything that works in their favour. But you actually do need to be frank and candid about what you are actually capable of doing. What is in the realm of any possibility. Okay. And when you have been candid on the other end, they're going to accept what you bring on your end. So when you say, look, this is where we fucked up, um, we've really trashed the shit out of your life for the last two years, here's what we've, you know, this, this is why it happened, this is what went wrong, and it is our fault, they go, okay. Then you go, this, this is what we could do, this is what we're capable of doing to, to try and help, to try and fix it. Hmm. And when they've accepted the other, it makes it a hell of a lot easier for them to accept you know, I like that so much. Well, That's like yeah. when you've got a difficult vendor and the price is too high. Well, I was going to say the exact thing. Like you we've overcooked it. Facts, call them and then yeah. set up to go to meet them that That's night or the next day, and they've already come up with a million things, and you're coming with solutions the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck. Exactly. Mm. It is. We just become the best agents on the planet. This, this is eye-opening shit. That's where the vendor reports are really big, as yeah. far as we go. Oh, so you plant like, the seed before you get you there. You do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're going We're in prepared. charge for this podcast, by the way. It's going to be five dollars to listen to it. <laughs> Wait, who's getting the money? Trips on oh, the I'll trade. Take it. I'll oh. take it. No, hold on, hold on. Maybe twenty percent of people giving the advice, but. Uh... But okay, so, like, let's again try and put it into a little bit of a real estate context or sure. whatever. Mm. So we're as best you can. Yeah, yeah. We've <laughs> we've stuffed up in terms of the property is not selling for what. Uh, it like, yeah, it may have fetched say three months ago before it's changed. No, so it, it, if in the instance it hasn't quite hit the mark, we sure. need to make sure that our vendors are well prepped with everything that has gone wrong, where we've gone wrong, and the mistake that we made prior to. So that has to be communicated, and then afterward, we're coming in with some sort of solution as well. So we, we, we've established the fact that you need to go in and have them fully prepared with your facts and figures and where you've made the mistake. And then on the flip side of things, you're prepared and honest about what you can do to remedy the situation. Is that right? Sure, sure. And, you know, I can think of a situation just that's easy for me to work it into. You can have a situation where you've got a seller. Mm. Um, you know, the lad might need to sell, yep. right? Like he's got no choice. He's moving for work. He's got to get rid of this joint and he's yep. got to get into another one. Yep. Um, and, you know, you, you might be in a difficult situation with him because he thinks his house or maybe he's spent more on his house than he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that can happen, I think, in your space mm-hmm. all the time, likely. We try um, to stop them from doing that. But they don't, <laughs> to don't paint, just yeah, sell it. <laughs> yeah, so, and it, it might actually be, like, a real issue. Like, I can think of blokes, you know, with pools. It's, it's usually someone with a pool, right? Mm. They've spent a stupid amount of money putting a pool in, mm. and then they yeah. want to recoup that on the sell price, on the list price. And, you know, for you boys, I don't know, you'd have to be crazy to roll with them. <laughs> you're you're going to be in a situation where, um, you know, buyers or, you know, potential buyers aren't going to be, um, you know, biting on his, his listing price or his asking price. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're going to need to go to him with the bad news. Mm. Um, and with that sort of seller, you want to get the sale, but also it's not going to be an easy conversation. You, you got, you're going to have some tough talk. And 
I guess applying what I was talking about before, you really do just need to have been forthcoming mm. from the outset. Yep. You need it. You, you can't just be a yes man all the time. I don't think. No. Um, and you do just need to. I I think it pays off in that sort of situation to have from the very beginning or as soon as possible highlighted where there might have been a risk in him not getting his mm-hmm. price, um, his or her price. Um, you know, you could say, well, look, uh, the pool's nice, mate, but um, look, it, it it's not actually going to increase the value of your property by the 60K that you spent on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's better that you tell him that now. I, I probably wouldn't put it as bluntly as I just fucking did, yeah, but um, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. But as long as he hears that now, then it makes it easier for, to, for you to come to him with the resolution later mm. um, of, well, look, um, people really don't want to spend this amount on your house. However, you do have interest, mm. assuming he has interest. Or I believe that we can gain interest for you if we start listing it. At this figure. Maybe we should turn him into a real estate agent. Yeah, I was thinking, thinking that. we should do real estate. Uh, hey. Here we go. Oh, hold on. Here we are. Here. Look, we're all here. <laughs> Prospecting <laughs> to prospectors. Oh, there we hey. go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. Prospecting we're on. on. Well, yeah, okay. Mm. So, I mean, upfrontness. Is that even a word? Transparency. Being, transparency. It's one of my favourite words. Transparency. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well... Mm. Be honest. Gentlemen, oh, yeah. mm. gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. That was uh, one heck of a serious episode. I like that one. We covered a bit of content. There's a fair few pearls of wisdom in there, I think. <laughs> God, if you think so, please leave us a, a review. For me. Well, I mean, you're pretty much an empty cup, so. <laughs> Fill me up. We'll keep filling it. <laughs> well, I'm not filling him. <laughs> you guys can do it. I'll fill him up. You will. Oh, I'll fill him real good. Oh, God. <laughs> No, thank you for joining us for another episode. It has, it is always a pleasure to be here with you. And if you make it this far, please give us a review. I'm gonna ask every single week. Give us one more fucking time. <laughs> no, um, but don't ask the, If you don't ask, the answer's no. You always gotta ask for the business. It says it right here. Yeah. I did. Well, hey, stop reading those notes. They're not for you. No. Thank you for coming along, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to have you again on a second episode, and we're going to riff it off a bit. Perhaps uh, we'll we always you. like to do a bit of a less serious episode for the end of the week, because uh, that way, if you're having a fucked week, <laughs> you might be able to turn it around with some uh, fun stuff. Mm. Oh wait, this was the serious episode. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I mean not unfortunately. Yes, it's a very serious episode. But uh, gents, do you want to sign off with anything? Anything you want to say to lovely people listening out there? Give yourself a plug, maybe. Um, yeah, I guess so. One of the quotes that I always come back on is Oh, quotes. Yeah, here we go. Richard Branson. He always says, "Business is like a bus stop. If you miss one, there's another one coming You're along always, very shortly." Always onto that. Age. I say it all to, because it's so Since true. Could you just leave so it? Let him finish though. the quote. Finish the quote, please. Yeah. Business is like a bus. If you miss one, there's one coming along very and shortly. What about that little green cat? It's really good. What's his name? What? Yoda. Oh, Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Oh, okay. So, yeah, people go, oh, I'll go knocking, oh, I'll go try, and it's no, you do it or you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't half-ass it. No. So, both apply. If you miss something, if you miss an opportunity, don't worry, there will be another one coming along, so don't make it the end of your world. Yep. Kirby Heck, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Yeehaw. Very nice. Slow clap, golf clap. And over to you, Mitch. What have yeah. you got for us? Honestly, uh, I think I've uh, dropped enough knowledge bombs on you. So, uh, We're gonna you know, if you've got to now. this point, there's nothing more I can teach you. Uh, just enjoy your weekend if you're approaching the weekend. If it's the middle of the week, you're fucked. <laughs> 
I'm really, really Think sorry about, about the that. weekend. <laughs> yeah, just look forward to your Friday. Yeah. Don't listen to this on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> the problem in real estate is it never really stops. No, so no. You've got to fuck to regardless. Yeah. I worked yesterday and then I spent my day off talking about real estate. <laughs> Welcome to my week. <laughs> Liam, sign us off, buddy. Good afternoon, good evening, and good, good night. night. <laughs> I love you, goodbye. <laughs>